Oh yeah, I can put rollerblades. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're talking about what it feels like to be Iron Man, Mike. Ooh, Chris, I, I recently, just like an hour ago, woke up from like a late, late morning dream where I was Iron Man. Oh. And I can only assume it was because of Iron Man VR last night, so we'll get into that a little bit we'll later. We'll talk about that, that's awesome. Uh, and, and no surprise to us, Batwoman has left the building. Yes, insider information over yeah, we, here. <laughs> we've talked about this before, and um, lo and behold, I think it was like even last week, as late as last week, we were like, yeah, she didn't really like it. And <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I think we called this, Mike. Um, Zack Snyder finally gets his Justice League. Yes, you you, call, you called, you guessed a very specific of that, and man, that is some monumental news this week, so we'll be talking about yeah. that in length. Yeah, I think it's going to be like our biggest topic here. So uh, everything I've kind of forgot a lot of this other stuff happened. I had to go back and, and then look it up. But uh, and and more this week, Mike. And more. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are recording this on a Sunday. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, which is kind of the unofficial slash official start of the summer. And uh, Chris, you are you are mm. start kicking it off in style. I'd I'm say kicking off early. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, it has been so mild weathered here lately, right? Like mm-hmm. I could wear like a baseball cut tee and and jeans and not feel a thing. Like it was perfect weather. Mm-hmm. Then. I come home and my air conditioner works, but the fan blower that puts the air through the house oh, is no. completely gone. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't turn on. I get down. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a techie, Mike. You know this. So uh-huh. um, they actually have little lights on the boards that tell you the error. And the air is like motor fault. I'm like, son of a gun. So on Friday night at like 7 o'clock, I'm trying to find someone who can help me. Oh, God. The worst time for anything to fail in your life kind of in a in a, um, a pedestrian way. Like you don't want your car to fuck up on a Friday night or anything in your house on a Friday night because it's, it's just like you ain't going to get anybody till like a Tuesday. <laughs> especially on a three-day weekend. Like it's a mm-hmm. three-day weekend. So Monday's out the gate. So obviously so – uh, thankfully, again, the, the the whole thing, the coolant is working because I could see it freezing the coils, you know, like where, where it's supposed uh-huh. to cool. So that's work. It's just the fan motor. So hopefully, you know, I, I looked online uh, for parts. It's, it's fairly cheap. And someone was able to get a hold of me, uh, talk to me Friday night, even FaceTime so I could find the right, you know, part number for him. So I was really thankful for that. Um, so they're going to get a hold of me Tuesday. But in the meantime, the weather decided to go the other way and be 90 degrees and humid. Oh, uh, no. So, um, yesterday, so uh, this, I mean, this is, I think this really happened Tuesday or Wednesday, but we haven't turned anything on until Friday, so I didn't know about it. But, so, like, I had to go yesterday and buy bo- more fans for my house because we only had one, and we never use it because everything worked. So uh-huh. I've got fans blowing out windows to pull in from another window and get, like, the circulation going, you know? you gotta you got to plan that out throughout your house, the... The opposite yep. of feng shui, but for air. <laughs> um, and then um, my basement, we again, I think I told you this, we put up some curtains down here because I had a lot of reflection on my TV when playing Call of Duty with you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're blackout, but like they're not, I'm not trying to, I don't use them all the time, 
but they are also like heat dissipating like they block the temperature from coming in so uh we've been living in my basement for the past two days um <laughs> and um i don't know if you, I've, I've mentioned this as well on the show but like we're putting down flooring in our our, our house right uh, in our mm-hmm. living room kitchen so we had literally when this happened right before this happened we'd moved everything out of the kitchen and living room so it was just open minus the couch and the tv and i'm like well we can't live up here right now so we're We've got stuff all over the house, and then the air goes out. So yeah. I'm just having a weekend, Mike. And you, I like uh, you described this whole situation to me earlier as a ticking clock because the longer you're on your computer, the more yeah. heat it'll dissipate, yeah. and it'll just be trapped in this room with you. So mm-hmm. uh, as you're listening to the podcast, just listen to Chris's uh, tone of voice and just his overall uh, behavior as the temperature rises on him. Yeah, and and don't take it personally, Mike, or anybody of <laughs> the listeners. It's not you, it's me. I've got water here. Then I've got a, a cold um, uh, a Smirnoff uh, red, white, and berry seltzer right here. Just uh, tastes like a bombsicle, Mike. I'm just trying to pretend I'm eating ice cream uh, <laughs> of sorts. So I've got that going on. Uh, but this week, um, you know, in the meantime, I've been building up my own uh, personal library of media. You know this, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I've been putting stuff up here and there and everywhere, but I got a hold of it. I found a fan project I'm very excited to share with, and it goes into my first topic here. Someone has gotten an original, not an original, like uh, an early, very early film reel of the Star Wars trilogy movies and have been cleaning them up, de-dusting them, denoising them, and scanning them into 4K for people yeah, to watch online. That's that's really great. This is a good opportunity to rec- to recommend that um, that Keanu Reeves documentary which uh, the name escapes me right now, but it's about the difference between uh, physical film and and digital film. And I don't understand all the conversions. It's not a one-to-one thing. It's kind of like apples and oranges, but yeah, you can go back to older film and you can convert it to 4K. And it's not really there's not really like an upscaling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You it's just like it's a physical piece of media that you're just like kind of you're just digitizing again so it's awesome that that's a possibility exactly and then what they've done is you know they've they've had reels uh since it's a fan project though it's not money it's free they've had people donate other copies they found in like archives of these movies to to help do it move it along um people may have heard of the despecialized versions of star wars are you familiar with those i I have i have those on a hard drive yes perfect so those are completely separate from this but these people they got it after uh, that Harmony guy was in, so they've given it back to him when they're done for him to despecialize them in 4K if he wanted to. to awesome. use these as a base. So I think that's really cool. Uh, so far, uh, the A New Hope is completely done. Uh-huh. Return of the Jedi is completely done. And they've recently, um, still working on they they even show you their progress on their site. Uh, Project 4K uh, 77 was the first one. Uh, 80, 83 is the second one. But Empire, they're working on it right now um, to, uh, to, to 4K that one. That's great. I mean, I don't know if uh, if this will be in this version or maybe once it gets handed over to the despecialized guys, uh, but I have such nostalgia for The Empire Strikes Back because it was kind of the first time I ever saw the seams of where the special effects start and where the film is and not to uh, not to beat up Empire Strikes Back at all. It was just cool to see like, oh, this is a thing that's actually made when I was a kid. And it's uh, when they're on Hoth and the and the speeders are going towards um, 
the um, the uh, ATATs. The, the, yeah, I was gonna say ad ads, but I was like, do people call them ad ads? Yeah, you, you can do. call them whatever you want. Mike. Yeah, and uh, when, when you're inside of the cockpit, you can kind of see the transition from where the cockpit is, where the actor is, and then where the model is. There's kind of like this, almost like this transition scene where you can see, and it's just like, oh, I love when you watch the specialized stuff because you can see that stuff because those are the things I saw when I was a kid. So when I rewatch Star Wars, you know, it's great that you know Lucas could go back in and like polish all the edges and make it look the way he always wanted to in his head but like that's not how I watched it when I was a kid so I love that you know people are going back and trying to get the experience back how the people watched yeah. it in the theaters back in the 70s well I've watched it so there's two actually two versions of every movie called a uh, digital noise reduction and a non-digital noise reduction version of each of these 4k films so the DNR um you know what, what uh, film noise is, Mike? The graininess, the graininess mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, isn't it? Isn't like actually like the the silver particles in the film that reflect the light? Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. You you don't get a lot of it on um, on newer digital cameras. The lens it looks more like a, a staticky TV, and on old ones it was actually you know the physical marks from the uh-huh. exposure. So um, they've actually made a DNR a digital noise reduction version for modern televisions because that grittiness doesn't look good on pixel TVs, right? It's made uh-huh. for old, you know, non-pixel TVs. Or uh, if you happen to have an old projector or, or use the projector style, you can put the, the non-DNR version on and really get that theater effect going on. So uh, I've, I've and, and the, pro, the other thing is I've run across uh, streaming 4K video across a network uh, from one computer to another is no easy task. <laughs> I can um, only imagine. You, you'd think, oh, it's just double the stuff from going from 1080 to 4k but i will tell you this and mike i think we talked about this a normal 1080 movie file for me is anywhere between two to four gigabytes right uh-huh. that's stand that's pretty standard fare that sounds yeah. okay Th- that's that's like an early 2000s flash drive yeah you can put that on a dvd drive as a data thing uh-huh. or a dvd disc and give it to somebody easily um the 4k files are minimum 50 gigabytes and Ooh. So um, if you think that the, the simple translation, oh, it's two times, so it's double, is, is what you're getting. It's, not, it's actually more like four plus times uh, of how the, the scale works and all the data coming through. So uh, it has been quite the adventure to maximize these um, and, <laughs> and watch them. But I've, I've watched, I didn't get a, it's Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary is why I bring this whole thing up, which is, you know, an awesome film. Uh, probably, again, I think that's my favorite Star Wars um, and I couldn't watch it on 4K, so I watched A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, and then I went back and watched the Family Guy version of Empire Strikes Back, which is something, <laughs> something, something dark side, which what is a, pretty what good. A, what a strange uh, Star Wars marathon! Yeah, it was that's that that was my week. That was that was that's what I got to watch this week. Um, because I haven't caught up on anything else because we've been trying to, like I said, maximize uh, or minimize electronic devices that put off heat in our house right now. Smart. smart. So uh, we've um, been doing that. And the other thing I did was, um, again, we'll talk about later, it's my PlayStation VR. I've moved it to my guest room. There's no TV, so I just get to play it on the VR headset, which is kind of a smart thing to do. So um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I'll let you get into what you're doing because I, I want to remind... Remind me to come back to something before news, Mike. But let's go ahead and get into what you've been watching. Yes, I can only I can only imagine when I start talking, you're going to mute your microphone and just stuff ice packs inside of your shirt and your pants. Oh yeah. So I've got compression <laughs> shorts on, probably the least amount of fabric I've ever had on. Right now. It's, it's, it's wild. Well, that's great. Well, if we want to stroll on over to Mike's corn stream corner here, real quick, I'll catch everybody up with what I've been watching during the pandemic this week. 
So season two of Dead to Me dropped uh, just the other week, and me and my wife finally caught up with that, which is really, really great. Um, It's executive produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. So when you hear those two names, you think you're going to get maybe something really wacky. Uh, And this is a little bit more serious. It's definitely more of a dramedy, but I would say it it leans more on the comedy side of things. It's really funny. It's a really quick watch, too. So you could watch the first and second seasons... um, back-to-back pretty quickly. Uh, Then uh, my wife had never seen Not Another Teen Movie before, and I saw it was streaming on Amazon Prime. So we watched that one. And, you know, she used to work at the Asylum, which was the movie studio that made tons of hack films kind of in this vein after uh, the the trend was popular. So she was really worried, like, hey, hey, what are you about to show me? And I was like, no, 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 no. This came out a year after Scary Movie. And when I looked it up later, the same year as Scary Movie 2. So this is when these mo- movies were popular and actually people liked to go see them. So I booted it up and while it was, uh, you know, while we were getting the, the credits rolling through at the beginning, I was just like, you know, I don't think anyone's really, any anyone's really in this movie. I don't, you know, I don't really remember any actors. And she she recognized the, uh, the starring actress right off the bat because she was in multiple seasons of Grey's Anatomy. And then just a few mo- moments later, we see uh, crazy Randy Quaid pop up from Christmas Vacation. And then uh, we see Ted Mosby uh, from um, How I Met Your Mother. I don't know the actor's name. He's just Ted Mosby to me. Mm-hmm. He, he's briefly in it. And then, bam, I totally forgot. I can't believe I didn't remember this. Chris Evans yep. is the like the other lead in the film. And I was like so shocked. I was like, oh, shit, it's Chris Evans. Uh, yep. So that was really great. And He, he wears the whipped cream bikini <laughs> yes. in this one, which I and will never forget. And he definitely dyes his hair very black, which is very strange to see. I don't know why his character needed to necessarily have black hair. Uh, but the movie still relatively like holds up, you know, some of the jokes are dated, but some of the, some of the just over the top, you know, uh, just zany comedy, if you will, is still really funny. So I would recommend not another teen movie, you know, set your mind back to the early two thousands when scary movie was a thing and you'll get yourself in the, in the right mindset. Well, a lot of those movies that parodies are the eighties and nineties films, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. things I hate about you. Um, uh, say anything with the boombox like the, the parodies of that movie aren't you know necessarily of uh of that era but even later back to things that you would probably know and rec- recognize at least those yeah. scenes as parody there's uh lots of puns like um Oh God! Who's the guy who directed all of those '80s teen movies? Oh, John uh, Hughes. John, yeah, yeah. The high school is called John John Hughes High, and then there's they even named the cafeteria after like a like an '80s star, but I can't remember what the pun is. So go watch the movie to see whatever that pun is. But it, it's still really funny. I really like it. Uh, and then uh, move back on over the Netflix and watch uh, Pat Oswalt's new stand-up special. I believe it's called "I Love Everything." I just guessed right off the top of my head, but you know, if you just search Patton on there, just look for something from 2020. That's it. Uh, I want. <laughs> to tell to tell you Chris to watch it because uh he has like a really funny original bit about something that I have no connection to but I thought was really funny about once you get a house you have to deal with the craziness of subcontractors and this is I have no I have no uh, basis of whatever these people do but he explains <laughs> it really really well and he talks about how how interesting and quirky subcontractors are which it sounds weird it sounds like I'm definitely not selling a stand-up special you don't have to own a house but it, there's a lot of very 
very clever stuff. And he has a he also has another really funny bit about Denny's. So if you love Patton Oswald, you know uh, the guy who cameos uh, very often in Agents of Shields and is very famous for his um, what is it MCU um, uh, filibuster? Yeah, he was uh, also yeah he 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 where he combined Star Wars and the MCU and I believe some other Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he um, also was in Agents of Shield uh, as a as a life model decoy for a few seasons. Yeah, and doesn't he like come back as like a real person and has like a twin or something? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, have not been I think they're all robots or something like that, and they they don't tell you that. But he has the the badge. He's like, do you have a name badge? Uh, do you have the pass? <laughs> so I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. So so go go check that out. It's really really funny. And then uh, thanks to Chris's uh, uh, ingenious Plex server over there, uh, my wife and I were able to check out Jumanji Two, uh, the next level. And um, I was really happy to see at the end of the film that they have set up a third film, which I'm looking forward to see where that third film is going. No spoilers, but I mean, Sony's going to keep making these because it's one of the few film franchises Sony has that's making money. So who knows whenever we'll get around to seeing it uh, due to the pandemic. Um, but it, it's nice. I was able to just kind of stream it uh, in, the, in the comfort of my own home. Well, you know what I would really like to see? And, and hmm. you know, I know I think this might exist in, in some sort of way, but like, wouldn't a like a, like a Jumanji video game um, that like it's like the, you're playing the board game on a video game, but they can make all this crazy stuff happen in the game because you're really like you, they don't have to worry about real life board games. I don't know something like that. So you're saying like a, a game that us humans in the real world yeah. can play, yes. Jumanji video games? Doesn't that exist? I feel like I played well, that on like Super Nintendo or something. Well, they they do, but I mean, that one's <laughs> like you're playing like the board game Jumanji, and things happen. Like like I don't know something you're playing like Monopoly, you know. Oh, you you lost some money or something like that, but like oh the monkeys attack and like you literally have to dodge monkeys while you're playing the video game. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. So it starts off the game kind of starts off as like a standard like digital board game, but then all of a sudden like the camera in the video game pulls back and you're actually controlling a character. Yeah, yeah, and and like uh, the things are happening to you around it. That would be pretty I, cool. That that would be pretty meta. Because I, I know like the these games the or the new movies are based on Jumanji the video game in it, but like. You know, it's like you don't see the video game portion as much. You see the characters. Like, it mm-hmm. looks like a real movie. So, I don't know. It was something I was thinking about the other day. I was thinking about Jumanji. Yeah. But I thought uh, a, a shout-out to uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart for doing a pretty good job at playing, like, uh, like old kooks. I like the old kook segments the, the best in that movie. So, I, I would recommend it just for the, the old kooky stuff. And then there's, like, a, there's some, like, body swapping that happens and other people get to be old kooks. So, I was like, you know... No props to everybody who was acting like old kooks. Uh, so yeah, that's that that's the Mike Str- Corn stream corner. Um, I know you wanted to jump into something real quick, uh, but I gotta say, I gotta tell everyone out there that I'm uh, recapturing my youth, and I ordered some rollerblades yesterday. I felt like I really needed to tell the audience that I'm really leaning into summer 2020, trying to find some things I can outrun the the COVID virus with, and that is some rollerblades. So, so my wife and I got some rollerblades showing up in the mail, hopefully in a couple of days. Well, do you have safety pads, Mike? Is 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 you know. What I'm going to um, ask you first. I'm too. I'm too cool for safety pads, Perfect. but my my wife did break her elbow ice skating a couple years ago, so I might get some for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then secondly, is your insurance up to date? <laughs> it is. It <laughs> okay, is. Good. I'm good to go. This is like all the people who are going to go pick out their skateboards once the new Tony Hawk game comes out this fall. Like, yeah, <laughs> hey, I remember skateboarding. I, 
Chris, I did have some self-control because I, I'm very much a, a researcher. I like to do my homework and do deep dives into things before I spend my money. So I did do a brief rollerblade deep dive, and you can get rollerblades now. I mean, when I was a kid, I'm sure they existed, but my parents were never going to get me these. You can get rollerblades with less wheels, but then the wheels get larger, so you can go faster because there's like less friction with the ground, and like you're higher off the ground, and it's harder to, like, to stabilize yourself, but you can go faster. And I was like, this close close to like buying these really irresponsibly flat uh fast uh, rollerblades but I, you know i took a step back and i was just like no 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 i don't want to kill myself or my wife so we, we opted for the more standard four wheel <laughs> 80 millimeter sized uh, rollerblade wheel yeah. to start with um but the, the the recommendation here is if anybody else is trying to seize their youth with rollerblades, don't go on Amazon if you have normal-sized feet. They're all sold out everywhere. Everybody had the same idea I had this weekend was get rollerblades. But I was able to find one pair on Dick Sporting Goods, which seems a little on the nose. Of course, they'd have rollerblades. But I was able to find my wife's, oddly enough, on Lowe's.com. I had no idea Lowe's even sold rollerblades, but I was able to get them there. So hopefully in a couple days, we'll be we'll be blading around the hood. Yeah, well, I mean, they got subcontractors at Lowe's, Mike. They, yeah. They're selling those things. So you, you should know all about that now. There you go. The rollerblade subcontractor. Yeah. So the thing I wanted to get in before we got into this, you know, we talk every week. Me and Mike, we... We used to just, you know, text each other to do this, but now we play video games. And this week, yes. Call of Duty added a new mode oh, called yay. Warzone Classic. I was ho- I was hoping we'd get to talk about uh about the Call of Duty updates this week. Yeah, so Warzone Classic is essentially uh, Warzone has some special features where you can buy loadout drops or, or you know buy bonuses. You go to the Gulag if you win your one v one, you get put back in the battle. Basically, plenty of opportunities to boost your stats throughout the game or have extra lives. If you, yeah, if you're you, not familiar. you can you can really prolong a game uh, and, and how long you're in it by by this stuff. Uh, classic is none of those things. You drop with just your fists. Uh-huh. You pick up all your guns. You can't buy anything. You can't upgrade. You can't get bonuses. Everything you have to get has to get off the ground, and uh, no one has any perks. Uh, no very, coming very back. Vanilla. No coming back from the dead. Nope, not at all. We learned that the hard way. Um, a couple times, but I tell you what, me and Mike jumped into this. Was this our first game we played? Yeah, the first game we played, we won. Uh, straight up, it's trios, th- team to three. We're just a team of two. Little old us came through clutch uh, on this this mode, and, and I'm and I'm so thrilled. Yeah. And I must stress, uh, I am not very familiar with Battle Royale games, so uh, uh, there's a chance that somebody else out there listening is not familiar with them. It's really hard to get the W, because you're <laughs> you're going up against a huge lobby of like 150 people, and there can literally only be one winner. It's not like when you're playing like a multiplayer match on like Halo or something, and it's just like you got a 50 for, 50% chance of winning. We have like an infinitesimal chance of winning, so it was my first W on Call of Duty Warzone. It was yep. very fun, so it's been a very engaging week on that yeah well the, the other thing is they uh, they opened up these secret bunkers in the game finally and of course mm-hmm. what what do we do mike we want to go get we want to see what's in these bunkers of course mm-hmm. so we um we go for the legendary bunker 11 which includes a blueprint for a gun and a bunch of cash uh and um we we were able to do these things where you have to go to these first phones and get a code if you're lucky, and if you get the code, you have to go to three more phones to unlock the Morse code, and then go to the door and unlock it. Yeah, and I had, I had, we were able to do I, it. 
Yeah, I have to say I've never done anything quite like this because you're doing all this secret Easter egg stuff while there is a normal game going on around you. So anyone can easily pick you off or kill you or you're competing against other people to try to do this Easter egg. And I thought it was really cool that somebody at uh, Call of Duty was just like, no, 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 we're going to have the person on the phone read the secret code in Russian. So you have to learn your Russian digits and you have to pull out, like you have to have like a phone open so you can like translate the Russian to English. And you're just like, wait, like five and six sound a lot like each other. It was six and seven that sound a lot similar and then like sometimes you listen to this phone recording like eight times in a row and you're just like I have no clue what this second number is I'm looking at all the numbers here none of them sound like this so it's pretty fun and I like it because it forces you to really cooperate with your team yeah a lot of the times in these battle royale games you know you can kind of get by on kind of like lone manning it or just kind of tangentially being near your team and just support them if they get under fire but in this mode you Everybody has to communicate. You all have to go to your points. You all have to synchronize. And then once you get all that done, you have to hope nobody kills you on the way to the bunker. So uh, this is just another recommendation for Call of Duty Warzone. It's just really, really fun. It's just like you got to get through a lot of the mechanics and kind of figure out how all the little tweaks work. But, man, I got nothing but time during this quarantine, so I'm glad I've been able to dive into something like this. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. You know, you pick it up, you play a round or two, you walk away. It's not like you have to go in and, 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 and beat at it every day. You know, like you're almost mm-hmm. to level 100. And uh, or like tier one hundred, and you know you haven't put any money into it. You've just been playing casually with us, so mm-hmm. uh, it's very easy to level up and, and enjoy the the rewards without having to um, you know make it a daily kind of grind, if you will. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a great time. But I, we uh, had that we had that win, and it was Mike's first win, and I was like, we got a shout out this weekend. Felt it was, good. It was a good time. Felt good. Good time. All right, so we're going to jump into the actual news here this week because I said I wanted to keep this short, and here we are 24 minutes into this. And <laughs> to begin. Uh, so uh, the Umbrella Academy uh, dropped a surprise announcement video, a uh, quarantine uh, teaser, if you will, for Season 2, um, being released July 31st. Yeah, and if you were a regular listener to the Superhero Slate uh, podcast, uh, we reported on a rumor, I can't remember if it was earlier this year or maybe late last year, that this is when we would be seeing Umbrella Academy, so you gotta say subscribe to stay in the know, so I'm very happy that we have this coming here in July, because not a whole lot to look forward to this summer when it yeah. comes to media, so I'm glad we're kind of getting some meaty, kind of comic book Whoa. superhero stuff happening in July. Well, what's great is, again, the first Umbrella Academy Academy took some liberties with the comic book. This the ending of that does not match up with the comic book, so no one knows mm-hmm. where season two was going. And I just love not knowing. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to being surprised by this and, and enjoying the show because, uh, I, I again I like the characters, I, I like everything about it. the mythos is great. This world, so I'm really really excited for this. And they they use the song from the first season. I think it was the I first episode. Was what is it like? I think we're alone now, which yeah. fits really well because this uh, announcement video is just all of the cast in their own socially isolated apartments that they mm-hmm. obviously just sent the video off to some Netflix editor to piece together. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and you you brought up a good point here. We could tell who everyone is except for Diego because he just looked normal. He didn't look yeah, like he his... just he just looks like a normal dude off the street when he's not in costume. So I guess Diego's not going to be hounded uh, if he gets really famous because no one's going to recognize him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see that. I'm excited for this. So we've got you know. Um... What, uh, two months until then? But, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, we've got a date, and let's, let's watch it. Uh-huh. Batwoman uh, shakeups on set here. Uh, Ruby Rose has left the show after literally the season one wrapped on Sunday, and then they announced uh-huh. this, like, right after. Uh, and uh, she'll be recast for season two, uh, the character of, I think it's Kate Kane. 
uh, who's Batwoman. So um, we will uh, get a new Batwoman for season two. Yeah, there's there's kind of two narratives out there in the world right now. Uh, one of them kind of uh, popped off on Twitter over the weekend where somebody was saying like, hey, don't be so hard on Ruby Rose. You know, remember she like injured her spine and then some other PA was injured on set. She obviously left because it was a dangerous work environment. But then there's this other narrative out there that says she was incredibly hard to work with. She never showed up on time. She was incredibly rude to people and nobody liked work. Working with her, so uh, usually what happens uh, out in the world when you're looking for truth, kind of look maybe somewhere in the middle. So maybe she was indeed hard to work with, and then also, you know, if she wasn't having a good time there, and also there was chance of her getting injured, she might as well leave the show. Uh, I, I, the one thing I wouldn't agree with is some people were just like, people don't realize how hard it is to be an actor. Really long hours, a lot of work to put into. It's just like no one cares. Nobody yeah. has sympathy for people that get to be famous and rich. So uh, Ruby Rose was already famous and rich when she took the role, so I don't really think that's uh, part of it. But uh, over here at, at uh, this podcast, we don't really watch Batwoman, no. so if uh, if she's recast, I mean, it sounds like maybe that's a good point to jump in and start rewatching or well, start watching the show from there because I have not connected to Ruby Rose's Batwoman for myself, you know. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, we talked about last week is the upcoming crossover on the CW is Batwoman and Superman and Lois. So mm-hmm. will this affect that? Nah, probably not. But uh, you know, again, they could. They've, I know they've recast people in these the Arrowverse shows before and, and moved along, and I don't think it'll affect business as usual yeah. for them. Before, before it, it might be even be better. Hell, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, before this news dropped, I was kind of just perusing online the other the other day, and I saw uh, somebody put up an article of everything we know about Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of scrolling through there, and somebody has kind of digged up all these Easter eggs. A lot of it came from Batwoman. But it's cool that, you know, they are, you know, um, telling a story where Bruce Wayne does exist, and no, re- no one really knows where he went, which kind of makes me look forward to maybe an eventual crossover down the line where maybe Bruce Wayne comes back, or well, maybe they do some investigative of work to find out where he went uh maybe they'll get to cast him and maybe we'll get to see a legit batman on tv you know for the first time that's you know not gotham well i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a spoiler alert at you for for batwoman season one mike okay okay the end of season one they give this character hush bruce wayne's face so they've already technically cast bruce wayne so in, in, in batwoman Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I, that was literally I guess the end, that was literally the end of the season. Like that was okay. that was how it ended. So you know, this guy's gonna go around pretending to be Bruce Wayne next season. So they already have an mm-hmm. actor for it. Now, does he know? I don't know. Again, I don't know the details. I'm not gonna. Does he know he's Batman? I don't think so. But he he has a personal vendetta against Bruce Wayne as a person. So uh, right, who has well, been I, missing? So I think I think you're right. We're gonna we're gonna see something official probably next season for this. Well, I mean, that's cool. I mean, uh, as we know, a lot of people tune into the Arrowverse when there's kind of big reveals or crossovers. So obviously they're going to need to keep doing that to keep people interested in. So, yeah, if I see like a real cape and cowl Batman next to a Batwoman, I'd tune would, in for that episode even if I don't watch the show. Would Would it make sense for them to do it in their crossover because Superman will know Batman's real identity? I mean, maybe. It almost seems like too soon, though, right? It seems well, like maybe you kind of draw it out a little bit longer. Well, that's in 2022, or, to, or like 2021. Like, could be summer of 2021 before we even see this. Mm. So, would, I just, that be, would that be the thing to get you back? Like, hey, our Arrowverse thing, you know, we, we've lost Arrowverse, but hey, guess what? We've got 
actually Batman and Superman together on TV. I mean, that that would be really cool. If we kind of finally got, like, a real core, you know, quote-unquote Justice League on the TV screen, because they've been, like, hemming and hauling and, you know, uh, going around it for a, a lot of years now, probably because they had to. They didn't have any other choice. But I just looked up the, the face of uh, Bruce Wayne uh, from Batwoman, and, yeah, he looks like a, he looks like a Bruce Wayne. I think yeah. he could be a Batman, so uh, good on them. Well, but, yeah, a- I love... I'd love to see uh, Batman vs. Superman redone on television. Well, that's funny, Mike, because guess what's happening next <laughs> summer? We get to see oh. a real-life Justice League yet again. Man. What a journey this has been. This has what been insane. Chris, I don't know if you remember this when you were waiting in line for Hall H at Comic-Con San Diego? Last year. Oh, God. Do I you remember, remember the plane yeah. that flew around with the banner that said release the Snyder Cut? I couldn't even believe it. I, I was in line for the Rick and Morty panel uh, with a friend of the show, uh, Quentin Parker, and we looked up in the sky. We're like, oh, my God. What is this? And I, it's shocking that it worked. Oh, my God. Well, I, I don't think that that – I don't think the fans did this at all, Mike. I, I Again, we've talked about this for a long time. So, in short, Zack Snyder is getting his Justice League cut released. Um, but it's only going directly to HBO Max. This is not mm-hmm. a theatrical release. This is not a, a big push. Uh, it's got a, a what, they're giving him like $20 million to finish it or something like that is what yeah, I've, the re- I've heard. The, the reports are anywhere from 20 to $30 million. No one No one knows yeah. for sure, but those that's the range that's been reported. So I believe this is an HBO Max push for next year. Um, you know, I, I think people who are going to join it or have joined it. Again, I, I already have um, because of the, the little rates they, they threw down. Um, but you know, they maybe, you know, we, we've talked about how, what, what content do they have to launch with Mike? Anything good, anything new? Uh, there's a, there's a romantic comedy from Anna Kendrick that's launching HBO max. And that's about it. The headline, uh, coming up this week when HBO max finally drops on Wednesday, indeed for a fact will be friends returns. You can now watch friends during your quarantine. No one's going to be talking about any of the new exclusives. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not really a lot of, you know, good exclusives out there but they're 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 giving us a a launch something to look forward to next year again i know it's next year i know it's a snyder cut but like they're still like hey even next year we're putting some faith in this the service right we're we're not just going to swap it out within a year kind of like what they did with dc universe a little bit so Mm -hmm. uh they're, they're giving us something in a year but like you know again i think this is only to push that and i think it's that's really like hey we don't we can't make anything new right now so why don't we take what we have and put it out there in, in yeah. this cut? Because, again, they're, uh, just to point out, they're not doing any new reshoots for this movie at all. No actors are being brought back in for this. Uh, as, as, to film. As, far, as far as we know, because unfortunately right now we only have so much information with what's coming out of, I think, the Hollywood Reporter article that kind of had a lot of the details about it. I think the great thing about this is, like, everybody was wrong, but everybody's right at the same time. You know, the fans wanted the Snyder Cut release. They were just like, we want to see Zack Snyder's vision for this film. We don't want what Joss Whedon gave us. You know, give us the Snyder Cut. In reality, after seeing the, this, all of this news come through, the, the Snyder Cut never truly existed. You know, uh, when Snyder was working on the film, the first cut he had was basically the assembly cut. All of the footage he shot in chronological script order, which I believe clocked in at about like four hours, and he knew he wasn't going to be making like a four-hour film. Per his announcement video, he said we've only seen a fourth of what he shot for Justice League. 
Yeah, which makes sense because, you know, when you film a movie, you film everything because the movie really takes shape, you know, in post-production. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if they had to adjust it, not because Joss Whedon wanted to adjust it, but because probably the executive's like, hey, we don't want this, make it this before it releases, he would have probably had to film a lot. And, and, you know, knowing the mustache, you know, mustache gate from from whatever (laughs) came out and stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot that, that was redone, a lot that's that's happened. I know that, I mean, again, we're, we're kind of going all over the notes here, but, like, there is footage in the trailers of, you know, Cyborg playing football, The Flash, and, um, oh, what's her name? Um, his, his his love interest. Iris West, like, there's a bunch of stuff they cut out of this movie that we, we never saw that, that was in trailers. So there's a there's a pot, potential, you know, of, of seeing almost a whole new movie all around. Yeah. I mean, the, so the truth of the matter is, is like there, there was never like a, a finished Snyder cut that was on a shelf and they chose to go with the Joss Whedon's like finished interpretation. So uh, that rumor has kind of been uh, dissuaded. So let's not just assume that they were just holding on to uh, a hard drive and not giving it to the fans. Like you said earlier, he needs 20 to $30 million to finish this cut. Now, uh, from my point of view, you know, I, I have seen the extended cut of Batman vs Superman. I saw Man of Steel. I watched Justice League. In my personal opinion, I don't think any more money thrown at Zack Snyder is going to fix Justice League just because Mm. I've seen his other work in the DC Universe and I'm personally not a fan of it. But I am very excited for this because this is kind of unprecedented. We have seen director's cuts. We've, you know, there's even like a Richard Donner cut for Superman out there. But these are all like just minimal things. These are just basically just different cuts of the film. Things moved in different directions. Or maybe like in the case of like Blade Runner, you know, there's, there is a narrator, narrator, there isn't a narrator. You know, things like simple like that. Usually just things like if you watch the special features on the DVD, you know, there you go. That's your director's cut. You know, just imagine those in the places of the uh, of the scenes that were cut out but this is a totally different thing a totally different beast and it sounds like Zack Snyder was really talking Warner Brothers language when he uh, brought people back out to his kind of Hollywood secret mansion bunker film studio to film it to executives because after he showed it to them and they were talking about the Snyder Cut, he floated the idea of he wanted to do it kind of in episodic chunks, which is exactly what a streaming service wants to hear. We want to hear multiple pieces of the content that you can deliver to us, and if HBO Max, you know, kind of keeps in the vein of, you know, HBO at heart and releases stuff weekly. I mean, come on, cut this thing into four or five chunks. You got an entire oh. month of media around your streaming service with no, the Snyder they won't, Cut. They, they won't cut it. They'll do one and done on the movie. They'll they'll do so much push for this one movie, but if you cut it up, you're going to have people rioting for, for oh, this. I th- oh, I think they'll cut it up because they want Zack Snyder's vision, and he already said Snyder himself floated the idea and says he likes the idea of possibly doing it in narrative chunks. Either way, it's going to, whatever way it gets out there in the world, uh, it's just an interesting experiment if we get to see what happens when a director gets to go back to his movie with more money. I just think this is going to be such a a fun thing to look at under like, um, um, under a magnifying glass just to see, okay, what changed from the original movie? How much is the narrative going to change? How much is he going to be able to add? How much is of this post-production money is going to go into fixing things versus adding and creating new things because we all saw what Steppenwolf looked like in the movie. He right. looked like CGI garbage. So are you? how much money do you use to make him look like less garbage? Do you just cut him out of the film more? You know, uh, How much is he going to be playing with the desaturation sliders? Is he going to move away from Whedon's color 
colorful Superman and go back to the way he he shot Superman well, before. There's so many questions. Well, the thing is, I don't know if they can even use that Superman because if that Superman is the one with all the mustache CGI'd off his face, which a lot of it was. You know, I think there's a whole Superman subplot we we don't see. I think the movie will change substantially. Again, the the actor who voiced and played Darkseid, uh, Ray Porter, has been revealed. Like he was under NDA for four years until they literally could tell he could say it this week for the first time ever. So there will be Darkseid in this movie for the first time ever. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I, I kind of this is not the first time this has happened in DC. I don't know if you're familiar with the Superman two, the Richard Donner cut, uh-huh. um, which is you know again. Um, I think Richard Donner did the first Superman and then the second one, but the second one he was fired um, in the middle of the project and replaced, and the the, the second guy rewrote and reshot essentially a huge portion, over half to receive the director's credit. So in the 2000s when they did the Richard Donner cut, it was essentially that director's original vision with all his footage that he shot for this, like a bunch of this footage by the director. So I think DC has a history of doing this, um, and that's what you know we're, we we're not seeing right now. Like we're looking because there's been a huge blow up of the internet with this. But like the Richard Donner cut is essentially the same exact thing that happened in the mid 2000s uh, without the internet. Um, you know, essentially clamoring for this. But I will tell you this. You know, I think we both agree, Mike. You put lipstick on a pig. Guess what? <laughs> Still, I ain't kissing that pig. It's still pig. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything any amount of of, of change for for dark side. For, for Steppenwolf, for adding in characters such as Martian Manhunter or the Atom, which we weren't even introduced to beforehand. Uh, it just doesn't feel like, you know, in three Snyder films, has he earned a Justice League by the third one? And yeah, I, I, I don't mean, think he did. Yeah, I, I don't think he did either. Everything was everything was rushed up until this point because they wanted to catch up to the MCU. The, o- the only kind of a hope I have is, I believe when we reviewed this film, uh, either you agreed or you floated the same idea as me, that it really should have been Cyborg's movie. He was really yeah. the connecting thread for these mother boxes and all of these characters coming together. So if Snyder can like lean into that, maybe that was his original intention. If we can really bring Cyborg forward... And if there is a possibility of, you know, quote unquote reshoots or adding new scenes, Cyborg would be the best character to do it with because he's entirely CG from head to toe. You know, you don't even need to bring that actor in. You don't even have to capture his face, you know. They probably already have a 3D scan of it. You know, you just need to get him in a voice booth to add dialogue. So if they wanted to add brand new scenes that had never existed before, he would be the character to do it with. So if they could focus the movie around him or focus the the mini-series around him, whatever it ends up being, that would make me a little bit more hopeful. Well, again, like I said, they, they've announced that this is, um, you know, the Snyder Cut will, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm not going to ever float the idea that's like, it's going to be a movie, but I'm pretty sure that the entire movie Snyder wrote was around Cyborg, knock on wood. So, because a, a lot of that footage, like, remember they, they toured, they, they closed a whole town to film a football scene of Gotham City versus Metropolis, and Ooh. Cyborg was like the football player. So, like, I'm, I'm excited to see what 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 they can do with what they have and and how this turns out but at the same time i'm not like oh my gosh this is going to change the world i want more um because apparently the deal is also that this is a one and done deal for him like Zack Snyder's done with dc after this movie uh-huh. like completely 
yeah. wrapped and up. And I, I also think it's important to note when the release the Snyder Cut hashtag was invented, uh, I don't think the idea of HBO Max had existed yet. Yeah. So the fact that people wanted this Snyder Cut to release, it like it wasn't going to happen without a streaming service. And this just goes back to an overarching thing. I always talk about this on, on the show is competition is good for consumers. The fact that we have a all of these streaming services competing with each other is why we get weird stuff like this. The mm. fact that Zack Snyder would get more money and be able to go back into his movie and make a possible miniseries of ca- of characters that are probably essentially dead moving forward. Like, Affleck's probably never going to be Batman again. Yep. You know, uh, Henry Cavill is moving on to other lucrative franchises. Everybody loves The Witcher. Um, he's probably, you know, I'm sure he'd love to come back to Superman, but it seems like they may retool that yeah. to begin with. But So it seems like moving forward, like, all these characters are dead in the water, so it's just strange that, you know, the streaming service got the cash to do it, so we're moving forward. Well, again, it's HBO. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a streaming service, but I mean, I think it's it's a interesting ploy. Be like, look, you know, you want to watch this Snyder cut? Guess what? You can't anywhere else. I, I don't even think they'll put this out for purchase until several months after it's on dig- on streaming. Like, if you can even purchase it, they may only keep it streaming, you know, uh, to, to hold it tight. But that brings me to the next point, Mike. Uh, you, you you bring you know the good point. Competition is great, but what the awful part of this thing is, is now everyone wants a fucking director's cut of everything in the world oh, of directors no. that have been fired or didn't get what they wanted at the end of the day which is you know that's part of business being a director you know so there's a swelling of people requesting director's cuts um the suicide squad with more jared leto um there is josh trank's fantastic four <laughs> you love to see his version of that Ooh, wow uh paul figs ghostbusters <laughs> Um, those are the three biggest ones I've seen this week. I think there's several more. Out yeah, there, but like I, I saw the Suicide Squad one was swelling just a little bit because the because uh, David Ayer put out like a a moody like black and white photo well, of he's just Jared doing Leto's what, face. He's been doing what Zack just, Snyder's been doing for years with this Snyder cut thing. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, like just. You know what? Go ahead. Put out the Suicide Squad air cut. Put out the air cut. Everything and it's uh, an entire air glory. And then you're gonna see James Gunn Suicide Squad come out, and people go, "Oh, actually, no. That is how you make a Suicide Squad movie. This is actually really, uh, this is really effective for all the characters in the comic books." So, like your your director cut is it's not gonna it's not gonna save a bad movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's 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 going to change. Like everyone's excited about you know again new content and new interpretation. What didn't we get? But that doesn't make it better. At the end of the day, you you know what I'm saying? Like, are yeah, we gonna I are th- we gonna get the um? What who did the who did the solo movie before they got fired? Are we ever gonna see that one next? You know, like it's not uh, making it better. <laughs> I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing um oh, what was it? It was the Lord Miller. Yeah, Lord Miller. I would. I, I mean, that doesn't exist anywhere because they were filming for like what, like a week or two, maybe. No, they were <laughs> almost done. <laughs> what they were? Yeah, I don't yeah, think they, they, were, they were over done, halfway were done. And oh then, yeah, and that's then Ron right. uh, Howard had to step in and, and finish it on time. In. Oh man, yeah. Where's the Lord Miller cut? That's the one hashtag I think I could get behind because look at Lord Miller's film history. Uh, it's very effective. A lot of things that I really, really like. So I would really love to see uh, their cut. But yeah, I, I, I think Disney's a little bit more uh, buttoned down. They're not going to let stuff sneak out. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, I think a lot of stuff's deleted and it's not needed. Again, we, we get, uh, again, I'm going to talk about, you know, just an example, Marvel. There's never been a director's cut of Marvel. There's never been an alternate cut of any of these movies. Like you get what you get. 
And because, again, someone's helming that ship and knows what they're doing, we don't need those. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need another end war. Uh, or in game in Infinity War, like I don't need those. Like I love End War. That's the that's the that's the yeah. knockoff version of End Game. Well, that, that's well, that's when they release them as a two pack, Mike. Together, yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> get End War. So uh, yeah, this is the director's cut. Things is, is a dangerous, slippery slope because a lot of these people who think they have a an awesome version that's better than what they got out there because they're slighted by the movie studio isn't isn't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Especially Fantastic Four. Good God. <laughs> but anyway, HBO Max is dropping May 27th. That's Wednesday, Mike. I'm excited. Uh-huh. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go. I'm locked and loaded into my 11.99 a month for for however long. Um, but some of the Looney Tunes episodes, the full versions, are already starting to debut on YouTube to get people hyped for this. Yeah, I saw some people sharing some uh, screenshots and clips on Twitter. Uh, it looks really fun. There's uh, there's some haters out there, uh, which you know I, I'm I'm. On no specific side of Looney Tunes myself, I'm very agnostic. But I guess uh, some people go like, "Oh God, they turned the Looney Tunes into a Flash cartoon." But then it's not it's it's not made with a uh, Adobe Flash. It's not made with Adobe Animate. It's you know it's it's made with a totally different software well, program. So, but it's also I guess uh, but it's also the classic Looney. Like this is exactly what the 1950s uh-huh. Looney Tunes look like. Yeah, it's re- it's really cool. And the funny thing is, I think some people forget forget that Looney Tunes exist, you know, like every couple of years because they've been rebooting and bringing back Looney Tunes over and over again. So it's cool that they're bringing it back with kind of these classic designs. Um, so, yeah, I, I would uh, I would check those out even without HBO Max. So dive on over there to YouTube. Yeah, yeah exa- I mean, I watched um, there's a Daffy Duck one I watched and it was uh, definitely super entertaining um, and to see the old, you know, wacky Daffy Duck and not the self-righteous one that's floating around from what was that movie? Uh, Space Jam or whatever. So. <laughs> Space also, I think Jam. I think my other computer just made a noise in the middle of all that, so I apologize. No, I, I didn't hear anything, Chris. You're just uh, you're in heat hallucinations oh, right Jesus. now. Is there a single bead of sweat dripping down the side of your face right now? Because that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm under a hot light, you know, in an interrogation room. <laughs> the eyes are getting red, but yeah. yeah, HBO Max on Wednesday. I'll be there day one for uh, for Anna studio for Studio Ghibli <laughs> films. I also uh, love Anna Kendrick. You know, I I, ba- I make fun of uh, the fact that she launches every streaming service every now and again, but I think she's a delightful actress. So I'll probably watch that too. Finally, get the watch the last uh the last chunks of steven universe that are out there in the world uh so i'm all on board for hbo max i think i think it'll be i think it's got some great options again uh i i like it because anything you get on hbo now i think you can also watch there as well yeah it's all shared shared uh shared catalog for sure yeah so i'm excited for for all that fun stuff but also on wednesday uh agents of shield returns for its final season as well uh which it doesn't feel like it's the end of may but by god it is the end of may isn't it (laughs) here here you go i mean i i've been kind of been checked out for a little bit i think the last i watched shield uh colson came back but it wasn't colson but now i guess he's got colson's he's got colson's memories back in him but I only watched the first episode of that season. Yeah. I don't know if I'll go back and take the time to catch up. But what sometimes is fun to do is uh, after the fi- after the series finale air, maybe I'll go back and just watch the series finale and just kind of see the tone that they wrap up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I watched. I mean, again, like I said, we I watched the the season where Coulson officially uh, died off in the sunset, uh, which was two seasons ago now, not including this one. So the last one, and the one, it was the one before, which was a great way to end the show. You know, if they didn't end the show, and then they got two more of these little half seasons, uh, thirteen episode orders in the meantime. So um, you know, I'm gonna probably rewatching the last one and this one, kind of 
coinciding together and then wrap it up kind of like I did with the Clone Wars. Right I would end. love I would love to see Clark Gregg pop up as even a minimal cameo in the in the Loki show on Disney Plus. You know, because if he's kind of bouncing around these like different timelines and alternate realities, like I, I would love to see him come across like Coulson and they just have like a brief moment of just like, wait a minute, didn't I like kill you? Or it's like, no, I'm still alive. <laughs> well, the other thing is also, you know, this season of S.H.I.E.L.D. deals with time travel anyway because they were sent back mm-hmm. to the 1930s. So if his show's dealing with time travel and alternate universes, maybe he will come across this. Uh, anyway, th- there's a good there's a good setup for that. You know, it's not like it's a un- mm. unheard of. But that that comes out on ABC um, this Wednesday. I think it's uh, it's a weekly show, which got moved up to Wednesday. It wasn't the Friday the death the deathly Friday slot for TV shows. So uh, good good for it. A little 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 sidestep here onto Disney Plus with the Mandalorian, Mike. We talked about this a little bit uh, over the. I think we were playing games or something, but uh, your one of your favorite actors, Timothy Oliphant, uh, yeah. will apparently, uh, recording this, be wearing Boba Fett's armor in this show. Oh, Timothy, what you doing in that armor? Yeah, it kind of makes sense because they they talk about uh, Boba Fett and, or at least Jango Fett in the Clone Wars as a. Um, as a guy that kind of steals the Mandalorian armor, like yeah. he didn't—he's uh, not an actual Mandalorian. So it makes sense that Boba Fett's armor would kind of just be stolen and worn by other people. Exactly. So that's the whole thing. He's not actually Boba Fett because that would be played by Tamir Morrison, who could be in a flashback or something like that. But also, um, he would be playing a character called Cobb Vanth, uh, which is a sheriff of Tatooine's Freetown, which. Tatooine's where Jabba's barge blew up and uh-huh. some Jawas got Boba Fett's armor, uh, either from the ship or from his carcass. I don't know which one at this point. Oh, uh, I'm already I'm already imagining like a scene where like maybe there's some like uh some aliens that have like this junker barge that kind of lower cables into the Sarlacc pit and like fish out of it to see what they can pull up. Like maybe that's how they get the Mando armor out of there. Yeah, it well exactly. Or maybe I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna assume maybe he had another set somewhere as well. That'd be Funny yeah, I suppose he could have a closet out there with a couple options. <laughs> yeah, because I think the thing is, like, if if you did that, um, you know, would would people be upset that like, oh, it's not really Boba Fett under the armor kind of thing? Like, how would how would fans, Star Wars fans especially, react to that kind I, of? I think I would only be upset if is if we don't get some sort of nod to actual Boba Fett. Like, if you're gonna bring back the Boba Fett armor, you gotta let you gotta give us some more information. Like, at mm-hmm. least allude to the fact that he did die in the Sarlacc pit, or let us know that he escaped and he moved on to another part of his life or something like that. Don't just like just bring back the Boba Fett armor and just don't give us any more backstory about the character. That just seems very frustrating to me. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're gonna do this, you gotta tell us how he got it. You can't just be like, "Well, he uh, he found it on the ground somewhere, someday." Maybe Boba Fett's dead. We're not gonna really tell you because you know we don't want to tell you. So as long as they do it right, when and I can, I have full faith in the Mandalorian. They keep putting out the documentary series, which are, which are awesome. So uh, I'm I'm excited to to kind of see where this goes, Mike. Uh, on that, so are you excited to see Elephant in the? Uh, I'm very excited, and I'm just excited in general that we're going to get Mandalorian in the calendar year 2020 because I, I was worried it was going to get delayed. Okay, yeah, I mean, exactly. They're they're on it. I mean, they've got those those big screens, Mike. They can make this without anyone, yeah. anyone around. Big screens. A uh, little, little fun note for me because you know me, Mike. Uh, Muppets Now, the newest unscripted series uh, from the Muppets, is coming to Disney Plus on July 31st as well. Uh, which is cool. This is a six-episode season, small episodes. That works better for the Muppets. That last version they did with the TV series, like The Office, didn't really work out. 
but it revolves around Scooter, uh, who has to upload new Muppets uh, episodes to the streaming service, and he's running late. So how's he going to get all those stuff up there, and what do those look like? seems like Disney Plus really likes to lean into these uh, these meta storylines mm-hmm. because that's kind of what they do on High School, the musical, the musical, the show. It's like meta where like the show exists, but they're they're living in the world where the movie exists, but they're at the same high school where they shot it. So I guess uh, that's how you pitch a Disney Plus uh, show. You just well, make it meta and the, the executives will want it. Yeah, but that's also the, that's the Muppet shtick has always been self-referential and, uh-huh. and like meta like parodies and stuff like that and a lot of their stuff in the meantime between the movies they did um youtube shorts um oh i had no idea yeah they were doing youtube shorts there's a you know the song popcorn by chance it's like it's the musical one uh no uh, you know it if you heard it and i don't know how to okay. put it but but the the swedish chef is making popcorn to that song popcorn but he's making All popcorn right. shrimp <laughs> so he's got popcorn and shrimp and yeah, it's a joke but then the, if you turn on the subtitles, the guy writing the subtitles, he's like, I don't even know what this guy is saying. So they <laughs> really reference it. Like they, we don't know what the Swiss chef's saying. Like, so they just make it up the whole time. It's really funny. Uh, that's funny. I like that. Um, and then they do what's that Bohemian Rhapsody with the Muppets as well. Oh, so okay, cool. They got a lot of stuff on there. So check out the YouTube. But I'm excited for this. I love the Muppets. Six episodes is a great number to start, especially for an unscripted series where it's, you know, more sketch based. So uh, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready for this. But you knew that. All right, so let's jump into this, Mike. I mean, we haven't talked about it. Uh, Iron Man VR, the demo officially came out this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I think just two days ago, even maybe on Friday, wasn't it? Or, or, or Thursday. And um, this is, uh, I got to play the demo at San Diego Comic-Con uh, last year. And um, I, I was so excited to bring this home and play this at home now uh, in, my, in my own settings and not like where you're on a timer to do uh-huh. this in front of everybody and I uh, wanted to share it with you and you got to play it so I want to hear your impressions because I've kind of shared mine a little bit last year of, uh-huh. like, what, what, what was your thoughts on playing Iron Man VR for the first time? It was just kind of really cool to kind of see like a polished experience. Uh, the demo is kind of separated in two parts. The first part is just kind of a little time trial course of like flying through rings uh, just to kind of get used to the controls. But I thought where it really shined was the second part of it where you're kind of doing like a mission that seems like mm-hmm. it's possibly in the real game where yes. you're in a where you're in a jet and then uh, shit goes down and then you're outside of the jet in the armor and then you got to you got to like you got to defend it but then you also you got to save pepper who's like uh dangling from like some landing gear so all that stuff was really cool i think i need a little bit more of an ideal setup if i was going to play this game long term because it's really a very 360 game there's things that you need to shoot behind you there's a in order to be able to turn like make turns when you're flying you have to physically turn your body or you can use buttons on the controller which kind of breaks the immersion a little bit for me because you're just like oh i gotta find the button on the move controller to turn so you'd actually have to turn your body so um but from the way i played it just kind of see how it went down it was pretty fun um it made me think of have you ever seen the kind of iron man-esque uh jetpack that exists in real life it's like there's some sort of like venture capital company that makes it where there's literally rocket turbines on your arms and then they like 
attach you to a tether and they have then you can like fly around and pretend to hover i don't know if you've ever seen it before yeah i've seen the Um, water versions too (laughs) yeah there's uh there's videos of it on online where people go they spend a lot of money to uh get just five minutes in this jetpack suit and they basically say like okay today your main goal is just to hover for more than three seconds because it's that hard to control so uh i kind of took that uh mentality into this game and it it it, it, there's definitely a learning curve to it to move around because you have to position your hands as if they were thrusters but also you're holding controllers at the same time so you kind of gotta get a feel for it so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing people play this game after being in it for like 20 or 30 hours just like how people that are really into Beat Saber are like amazing at it I'd like to see somebody who like really knows their crap when they're in the Iron Man suit because I had a little bit of issues moving around but kind of once I got the hang of it a little bit I was like oh this is really cool you know I'm flying around in the suit you know, I'm, um, I can like fly anywhere around this plane that I want. I can see the hole blown out in the side. So a lot of really cool details. I'd like to see, um, uh, what they do in the rest of the game. Cause you get to do lots of interactive stuff. Like you, you have to fix parts of the plane by using your hands to pull open things. So, uh, is a fun experience. But like I said, I woke up a few hours ago from a dream where I was Iron Man <laughs> and I can only assume that's because I played this game last night. So, uh, really a lot of really cool stuff here. Um, I, I wish the PlayStation VR headset had a little bit more um, field of view because even though I know I'm in like an Iron Man helmet, so it kind of works, you know, with that excuse of like, oh, well, if you're really an Iron Man's helmet, you might not have the best field of view. But I feel like I need just a couple more degrees on each side. So, you know, we have a new PlayStation on the horizon this year. Maybe there'll be a new VR headset that comes out that has a little bit larger field of view. But as it is right now, I still had lots of fun. Yeah, I so just to let you know, I played this at, at Comic Con, and the only thing they gave me is the flying demo um, mm-hmm. around his uh, his his California apartment, Malibu house. Yeah, yeah Malibu house, and you know, it, when you've got pressure on you and a time limit, that level is not very fun. Um, mm-hmm. it, you've got to learn how to punch and fly and move and dodge and duck and and everything, and it's not very fun. Uh, and then I think I don't know they did, did they have the rocket they didn't have the Stark drones in that level for you to shoot at I believe you just flew through the the you shot the yellow targets in yeah one. you shot yeah mm-hmm. so in the one I played they actually gave you um the the targets that are the the drones were actually uh, fighting you at at your house there for a couple but that's all you played and I think that's that's fun to fly around and, and goof around in because you can go back and replay that once you beat the demo. Um, I, I turned on the Iron Man 2 soundtrack, which is all ACDC songs, <laughs> and flew around, so that feels really fun, uh, which is cool. But I tell you, that first level, and that's the first level of the game, is truly a standout experience in VR. Um, and I, I agree with you. Like Again, I, it all depends on your how, how much VR you play. I, I don't You don't play a lot of VR, Mike, I, I feel, like as much as I do. So mm-hmm. the buttons to turn, that's standard fare across most games. Um you know, so that to me didn't bother me as much. I think I had more trouble. I wanted to fire my um instead of firing blast, which is the back button. I wanted to pull the the boost trigger. 
Yes, I did that. I did that a lot. And uh, I I read online some people were saying, oh, they should give you the option to change the button mapping. But somebody brought up a really good idea. You're mainly using thrusters in this game a whole lot. And really the trigger on the move controllers are more constructed for constant use, whereas like the buttons are probably going to hold up better over time for blasting. Yeah, exactly. I think that was fun. I I mean, you have a lot to juggle here because you have... Um, you can actually use missiles. I don't know if you know this or not. There's a way to use I, missiles. I didn't in this know game. there was missiles. <laughs> yeah, you can change it to missiles. Uh, but also, there's a supercharged punch, which is a, a, a another button on the controller, which I didn't remember I could use until I was fighting the larger things at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, around when the, when the jet's crashing and you have these very large things fighting. So I'm punching these like it locks on and you charge across and punch and I'm punching both of them because your 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 shooting buds have a cooldown as well. I, I think it was really fun. I love I love double pushing the triggers and doing the quick boost, like mm-hmm. the, the turbo speed. What's really fun, or um, it's cool to look at, but I don't think it'll pay off. Is the pre order bonuses for this game, Mike? Oh, what are those? You get a bunch of outfits, a bunch of costumes. Oh. Um, I mean, you'd never see yourself exactly. In the game, and I was like, these are so cool, but you don't see them at all. Uh, but I'm like, I really kind of like. They're really kind of cool. There's some purple ones. There's one that looks like uh, the Purdue uh, away jerseys. Is black, white, and gold, which is really cool. Maybe in the real game, there's a lot of reflective surfaces you fly yeah. or walk by, so you just see yourself a lot. Yeah, it, it's been. It was a good time. I will tell you the one thing I did notice the most. I really love the HUD on this. The Iron Man HUDs. Oh yeah, when it when it when you kind of see like the the lines. Yeah, you really feel like you're in a suit. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's also not locked to your field of view. It's got a floaty. Field feel to it so when you move it moves behind you and then settles into place kind of like a it's not like a parallax view but you know what i'm saying like it doesn't yeah it's not locked to you directly it feels like a floating ai around you which is exactly what tony stark would make you know something that's not that has that little bit just a little bit of a floatiness to it that when it lands it's like oh it's not harsh and i love the little details in this this feels like a game made with love and not like an like an iron man vr cash grab which yeah, exactly. Could, which it could have easily have been. Yeah, so. we were at the we were at the Marvel Games panel at some at Comic Con last year, and they brought the developer on stage for Iron Man VR, and he very much talked about how like yeah, this isn't like a cash grab. We uh, we we very much feel like VR can make you feel like Iron Man, and that's what we want to do. So it seems like it's all paying off. I hope it's really su- successful for them. Yeah, what I would love to see, and I was talking about this, and I think you kind of brought brought it up a little bit here is um wouldn't it be cool if they had um a, like a, a, a I don't know like a VR handset you could like put these things in your hands and like have gloves on to do it rather than like the, the move controllers that like, would be really cool because it is it is kind of strange because you have to hold something with a grip but then technically it says like hold your palms out so you can shoot your repulsors but your palms are never open so you yeah. kind of have to like awkwardly figure out like okay well if my fists point backwards that means and, I'll go forward and the hands aren't straight with the controllers you actually have to rotate them in a little bit like you're in the armor like I don't know if you've noticed that like the move controller isn't a straight gun pointing mm-hmm. direction it's, it's very inverted and i just sent you the images of the of the armors by the way um I'm, oh yeah i'm looking at them now yeah they look they look cool but again i'm like this is fun but in a first person mode you would never ever ever see these armors except for maybe the gauntlets mm-hmm. so um i think it's fun this game comes out july 3rd 2020 it's 40 bucks for the regular version which i think is a very fair offering 
for this, and um, it looks like it could be a really good time, Mike. I'm, I'm excited I to see. Ha- I have so. to say, I thought I was going to get really motion sick just because uh, I- I've played a couple like uh, VR demos. Like they have like a quote unquote demo disc for a lot of VR games for PSVR, and there's like a game where you're playing. Um, like a where you're flying a spaceship like you're in a cockpit and i was su- actually surprised that i got motion sickness extremely quickly doing that type of flying game so luckily when i was in the suit I, d- I didn't feel it at all so if anybody's worried about any of that it didn't happen for me and if you don't have a vr uh, you can actually buy an iron man vr bundle it comes with all the stuff you need to play vr and the iron man uh, game as well that'll be coming out so um, and then you mentioned the PlayStation 5. This uh, the, this VR version is compatible with the PlayStation 5, so you're not buying it to only use it for six months. So uh, I think that's really fun. So uh, I think that's cool. And uh, I think and if you have a chance to try it out, and if you do, let us know. I I'm, I might I don't stream games, Mike, but I might stream my Iron Man VR experience just to let uh, be, see how cool that be, is. So that'd be fun. Yeah. All right, Spider-Man uh, is uh, apparently has a character named Jackpot that they're making a movie for at Sony, and I don't know what the hell's going on with this, Mike, but what? apparently she's a, a, just a superheroine with extraordinary strength, and that's it. Wow, Sony, just make Jumanji 3, or make a spinoff to Jumanji. Like, people care about Spider-Man, <laughs> you know? Like, don't just do this dumb, random... Well, I'm sure the character could be very intriguing in the comic books, but... Uh, nobody needs a standalone I, jackpot movie. I've never heard of her. Um, all I could think of was uh, Mary Jane Watson's line, Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Uh-huh. And I was like, maybe this is related to that. It's not. It's not at all. Uh, it's a lady. She has two kids and a husband and a family, and but the superheroing on the side, outside of all that. And I'm like, do you even have to make this Spider-Man related? Is this could this just be like a, just a standalone movie and, and yeah, I, remove Spider-Man's name from all of it, please? I'm just gonna go ahead and go back to something I think you said last week on the podcast, where we said the only thing Hollywood can do right now is make uh, animated TV movies and then uh, put stuff in uh, pre-production. Or you know, all yeah. people can do is pitch and uh, get the ball rolling on things. I think that's just what this is. I don't I don't think this is going to come to fruition. This is just uh, people out there are just trying to get work when nothing's happening. So uh, I would be shocked if this uh, actually ends up being an actual film. So you're going to tell me you don't want that Madam Web movie at all? <laughs> Mike, you're me. I want, I, I 100% want Madam Web in the next Spider-Verse movie, but she does not need her own movie. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. So this is this is wild. I just I don't know much about it, but I, I, it was coming up and people were asking me. I'm like jackpot. I'm like she is a real character. Yes, she doesn't have any powers other than she's really strong. So what do you do with that? This is Jessica Jones, pretty much. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have you watched the new Tenet trailer? <laughs> oh my God, Chris! It was so cool i mean uh it just kind of reminds you of like uh christopher nolan i don't want to say at his peak because he's got lots of different types of movies but this very much takes me back to uh inception style nolan yeah. which is i think where a lot of the mainstream audience really kind of uh, fell in love with him so man I, I love everything about this um what's uh the 
The main actor in the movie is something Washington. Is like is it like George? Not George Washington. George Washington. But, yes, the former <laughs> but, president. But but I I'm pretty sure his last name is Washington. I, I've seen him in a, in a few things. He's a really great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he looks great in this. And there's so much mystery around it. It has something to do with like bending time, but it's not time travel. But not it's going travel, in reverse. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want anything explained to me right now. I'm sure there's tons of people online right now that are theorizing what's going on in this movie, already giving away the twist or the the plot. I don't want to know anything i don't i just want to go into it and to experience it but i mean that's the big question is when do i get to go into it yeah they, they have no release date it says it's releasing in theaters and the only reason this is releasing in theaters is because christopher not only gets 20 percent of all box office takes i don't know if mm-hmm. you knew this or not so i mean i'm not surprised <laughs> he's, he's poised to make this especially if he keeps pushing it you know to do sooner than later but i will say the c word i was using for this movie mike is actually confusing um <laughs> because i want to make sense of it but i also know christopher nolan movies like interstellar uh again i'm gonna go f- so far back to um memento this reminds me uh-huh. more of memento than inception because that was a, a movie told backwards uh-huh. um which was really fun so i'm gonna i feel feel you know kind of associated with that I'm excited for it. It looks good. Robert Pattinson's in it. Um, you know, uh, usual suspect. Um, Michael Caine is in it. Uh, look like um, oh, who directed Thor? Kenneth Branagh is the villain, I believe. So uh, it, this looks like a really good cast, a really good shot movie. Christopher Nolan is an artist when it comes to cinema, as cinema, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Here. I'm excited to see kind of what the play is though here with this. Yeah, um, it, ju- it just looks so slick and I want to see it in a real theater yeah. and uh, who knows when that's going to happen. I think somebody out there reported that Christopher Nolan has this desire to be the first like kind of real film people see when they go back to the theater. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, is it's just going to pe- the, the the theater attendance is going to be a slow curve a slow curve upward. So if Christopher Nolan is really looking for this big bombastic box office return, he doesn't want to shoot for the kind of the first movie people see when they go back to theaters. Like honestly, I think he should probably set his sights for maybe like April or or March next year. If he really wants to make a big full fledged return, I just don't think that's going to happen this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, uh, hats off to uh, to Nolan and this trailer because it looks slick. It looks fun as hell. It's wild, definitely wild. So we'll we'll be following that when it comes out. Uh, Rick and Morty new episodes still going on right now. I know you're not caught up yet until they're all done. But Justin Roiland uh, was talking in his suggestion for um, how to release Rick and Morty. You know, it's not gone over well, but he's suggesting releasing uh, TV shows go to one episode a month release schedule. Um, which I thought was a very interesting take on how to you know release media. Kind of, like I that. guess I got to assume it's because of the the crisis that we're in, right? Well, He's not just saying in general, is he? You no, know, he meant in general beforehand because of the crunch time to make the episodes. Like you know, you know how Rick and Morty fans are to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know, if they're only doing half season here, half season there, if they're doing a month per episode, that gives them time to work on them and get them done, and keeps Rick and Morty or the, any show really year round if they're on a twelve nah. episode. No, I, I, I think uh, I think Justin Roiland needs to stop worrying about his crazy fans because they're obviously not going anywhere. So don't. Tr- I mean, I I'm sure it's annoying that he has a, a Twitter account that is unusable because I'm sure every time he logs into it, his notifications just fill up of people saying, "When's the next episode?" Blah 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 blah. He just needs to like, unfortunately, just step back 
from that craziness and just make a just make a TV show like a normal person makes a TV show. If people have to wait, you know, 9, 10, you know, even 12, 13, 14 months, just do it. People already do it for Stranger Things. People did it for Game of Thrones at one point in time. So just he just needs to take that stress off of his well, shoulders and just do like a traditional release schedule. I don't I I actually think I'm going to go the other way. I agree with them once a month for a half hour cartoon. I think that's this good like I want once a month thing very regularly would be great for me so I'm like oh it's a Sunday I get to watch you know example again in this case Rick and Morty like I think some of these smaller shows that don't rely on the quick narratives you know can do that like I, I think this is fine because you know Rick and Morty is very episodic and they don't connect to each other very well because that's that's the whole play on them I think could could benefit from that and I, I would like to see some shows go to this format and I do not think everything does but also saying that you have to fit what everyone else is doing doesn't work for creative people at that, that mindset as well. Like just to have, if you want to do it and they let you do it, let's, uh, let's try it out because I think, I think there'd be an opportunity here to try something new, especially because we're getting to that point where, you know, they, they, they show these what on adult swim, I believe. But like, mm-hmm. you know, if you did it online once a month, that's fine with me. I, I think, I think there's an opportunity here for different shows to try different release formats. I mean, if you, if he wants to do this just because he thinks creatively this will be a good idea and he kind of wants to shake things up and, you know, he just kind of wants to, you know, throw his uh, weight around a little bit, and, yeah, I think that's fine. But he absolutely should not be doing it just because fans are annoyed that they can't get oh, more Rick and Morty. It, that's that's what I'm saying. It, like, if he, if he wants to do it just because he wants to do it, yeah, you know, go ahead. Well, I think, I think that may be what he was saying because I don't think it was fans like he's just like, you know, I'd like to try this, but you know, right? I think the whole point when he brought that up was because fans were asking him in the meantime. Like that's I the would, whole point that he brought it up. Is like I've tried to it, do this before. If any TV show wanted to do this, regardless whether it was animated or Rick and Morty, I would just want some sort of um, schedule put out ahead of time because, like, if you're if you if you are a, a grown up that kind of has um, a sense of you know time. Basically, you're not a child, and you watch things on, like, Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. Stuff gets randomly released all the time when it's, like, brand new. You'll get, like, three episodes of Adventure Time, like, once a month. Or you'll get, like, a random, like, special of this one thing on Cartoon Network. Like, like, so it's just, like, the schedules over there are already crazy to begin with. So uh, I suppose if Adult Swim wanted to do that, maybe they could, like, brand it as a whole thing of, like, the first Sunday of every month is Rick and Morty from now until the sun burns out or something like that. Well, I think, I think it, you know, this would help standardize release schedules, though, if they had, like, hey, you know, they make them all in the same production schedule, but, you know, they've got a month to work on it. Or if something happens and they're make again, I, I've seen some stuff where they've made a reference to, like, some sort of disease, and, like, we can't pull this, we have to pull this episode because there's literally a large disease in the world. Like, they could replace it with something that they already have done and keep schedules very consistent. I could even go once every two weeks as long as it was consistent, not like, you know, I agree with you, like, Hey, remember, like, remember when Arrow like took a mid mid seasons break for like three weeks, and you're like, when does the Flash come back? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Here, here's a here's a random episode. Come back in two more weeks. You're like, what the hell? Um, yeah, that might help with you know production and scheduling across. I, I think I think there's a double benefit for that. So, not not necessarily you don't do it for the fans. You do it because you know it's easier for everybody all around. So, yeah. All right. Well, well, uh, I'm 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 convinced. I'm uh, I'm curious how this would work. Yeah. 
All right, we'll work on it then. I'll, I'll call him. I'll call him up after this. <laughs> All right, good. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, uh, I'm starting to feel the heat a little bit in here, Mike. Uh, <laughs> it's I, a little longer than I said it would, but I'm starting to feel it now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. If people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, make sure you didn't die of heat stroke. Where can mm-hmm. they find you? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Valdan, V A L D A N, or Instagram. Valdan eighty seven. I'm gonna to try to post that way people do know I am alive for this. Good. Uh, I'm gonna to try to. I think it might be cooler outside right now. Um, I'm gonna to try to go grilling, Mike, this weekend. You, that's what you do on Memorial Day. You go out and you break out the grill, right? Damn straight. Uh, try that out. You also have the Comic UI. People want to know more about our show, what we're doing, where we're listening. Maybe go back and listen to some of those things where we predicted pretty much most of this episode, Mike. Uh, where can they find those at? As always, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see uh, that Tenant trailer, if you want to check out the uh, video announcement for Umbrella Academy, or if you just want to see all the bullet points of the crazy Zack Snyder news, just hunt out over to SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to uh, your lovely podcasts. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We love it when you guys reach out, tell us what you're watching, what you're listening to. Um, you know, if you're, if you're playing the Iron Man and VR game, do you also find it kind of confusing to fly, or are you a little bit more natural at it like Chris's? Are you more of a Mike or more of a Chris when you're in <laughs> Iron Man armor? Uh, do you dream that you're superheroes occasionally? I want to hear about people's superhero dreams. This is the one time that it's socially okay to tell people about your dreams and you won't bore them. Let me know if you've ever dreamed that you've been a superhero, because I dream I'm Spider-Man all the time, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So reach out and uh, let us know, and we love our super fans. and if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, wash your damn hands, and we will be here every week. Yep, you guys have a great Memorial Day, and we'll catch you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Just in time when they announce the the Drew Carey revival for for whatever (laughs) channel it'll be on.